Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's Dave Tuttle and the Astros' master of banter, Blummer. Here yep. we go. Three. <laughs> and if you weren't on video, you noticed that I did put up fingers and just counted down. Three, two, one, because this is it. This is the hundo. The hundredth show of Bleacher Blums, and David Tuttle and I could not be more elated to be right here with you celebrating 100 together. There have been some of you who have stuck through from from what episode one all the way through 100, and there's some who have just jumped on in the middle of the road uh, when the sign-stealing scandal was at its peak and we had a chance to chat about it, or you've just been here for the last week or two because you've run out of podcasts to listen to during this COVID era, and we have made the list, but no matter what, if you are a diehard, a newbie, we welcome all, and we want to continue with all of you to the next 100 shows when we get to 200. So I am eternally grateful for everybody at home who is listening and all of you who have gone to the Social Nostra Network and actually watched us on YouTube and enjoyed us. And if you are watching, you're noticing the T-shirts are solid. I think Tuttle went with, and it's only convenient that he lives in California, and he says, this calls for the low stinger from Link Soul. You can go to linksold.com and check that out. That's just a free plug because we love their gear. But this calls for the low singer because everybody's peaking because I think Halloween finally infected everybody. And here in two weeks, we'll probably have the Thanksgiving infection. So just be ready. But I've got my bleacher blums. And a lot of you who follow me on Instagram may have seen somebody wearing this one. I'm going to give that guy a shout out here in a little bit. But Ram Shirts and CrushCityTees.com are who hook us up with the T-shirts. We are grateful for them. And if you've been to our website, bleacherblums.com, you know that Just Geek It Solutions right here in Houston has solved every single issue we could ever imagine in having a website and actually getting some swag on there. So make sure you go to bleacherblums.com, check them out, and also follow Just, Just Geek It Solutions on Twitter and Instagram, and also follow Ram Shirts. They're a great follow on, uh, on uh, Instagram. They're always putting out great videos, and every once in a while, they'll put out some uh, some great discount codes and things like that. And of course, CBD, World's Strongest Man CBD is a huge title sponsor of this podcast we are grateful for. But we are not here, oh, go to WSM CBD, but we are not here for the cash flow because it's good. It's it's a little bit. It does us good. It keeps us going. But what keeps us going is everybody out there, Tuttle. What do you have to say to those people who have been with us for 100 yeah, no, I mean, I barely made it to 100. We weren't sure that was going to happen. Oh, come on, am, man. So you were leading the I'm, charge, dude. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, we, you and I talked off air about how we can kind of uh, continue to foster those relationships with the people that listen to the podcast. You have a story later on for someone you ran into that's a listener. But I, I totally agree with you. I mean, that's we did this because um, we enjoy it. We enjoy, enjoy each other's company. But I think um, if there wasn't an audience or there wasn't uh, – the uh, the need for people to kind of listen to us about whether our experiences in professional baseball or fatherhood, um, fathers of multiples, fathers of daughters that are multiples. I mean, any of those categories or subcategories uh, and reasons people listen to us, um, you know, we wouldn't be doing this, I, I, I don't think. So I can't believe we made it to 100. You're saying I was leading the charge, but I think we never we never start out with some number in our head and, uh, <laughs> no. and we, and we have to celebrate the, uh, the occasions as they come. I kind of give my wife a hard time every year about the birthday. It's like, hey, once you get after a certain age, you don't really care about your birthday. She's like, no, you got to take the day off work. You got to enjoy it. And I feel the same way about uh, episode hundred. I mean, I think it's, uh, 
it's uh it's it's a great milestone for us and uh, i hope we have 100 more or you know 300 more or 500 more under our belts yeah that would be outstanding keep cranking these things out because i am enjoying it too and i think a lot of people the responses we've seen have been wonderful and it's kind of funny the birthday thing it's turned it turns more into man we got to spend another year with you that was so great that's what we're celebrating we're not celebrating the actual number it's how many years we get to hang out with you and that's why we're celebrating number 100 right here. This is our 100th podcast for Bleacher Blums. Uh, I am Jeff Blum, my co-host, David Tuttle. Uh, again, a little bit of history. We met uh, while taking our kids to elementary school back in Southern California when I was still a Californian. And uh, we found out that we had mutual friends or mutual teammates. And uh, we went to uh, – he went – he went to Santa Clara. I went to UC Berkeley. We pl probably play cross paths in Northern California. And then obviously the ancestral nature of baseball allowed us to play with guys together or against guys. So we have a lot of good stories to tell. And we ended up telling those stories in a parking lot. And now we are telling those stories right here on Bleacher Blums. But it's been a long road and it kind of had to push you a little bit to get on this because this is my job. My job is to talk. And I know in the first five, 10 minutes, you've heard plenty of me but talk a little bit to me, Tuttle, and all those out there who are thinking about starting podcasts, because I think we've actually spur, you know, spurred people on to start their own podcasts. And I know a couple are popping up, especially in the Houston area, which is fantastic. But talk to those people or our fans a little bit how you felt when you started, you know, beginning, middle, end. Yeah, you're such a you're such a, a professional interviewer, Blummer. I appreciate that, and I and I think it is probably good to share it because I think people that have known me my entire life, guys that were in the locker room with me. I mean, I I've always had the gift of gab. You know, sometimes you got to get Tuttle to shut up, but um, but I think it's a good outlet, and I, I've always been that kind of guy that gets energy from people, and so these conversations and these the the dialogues that we have but also the fact that our audience is out there listening and I have all these opinions really gives me energy and so I've enjoyed it now I we we joked about uh episode 100 I mean I have not gone back to listen to episode one two three four or five I think there's uh yeah right there's some there was certainly a learning curve in there and I think that's that's really the the heart of your question is how did we do this I think um what kind of spurs me on and continues the growth and continues to um uh, foster the energy behind this is that we did start from somewhere because of a passion, because we really enjoyed spending time with each other and talking about these things and realizing all these commonalities we had and thought that some of this would certainly be valuable to others. But the other, the other part of that is that I always want to get better. I mean, that, that's that baseball mindset, that grinder kind of mentality that we've kind of, um, I guess, talked about episode after episode on this podcast, which is hey, we're doing this, let's do it right. You know, whether it be getting a little light or a little home studio or trying to, <laughs> uh, you know, take out the ums and the ohs and the, mm, you know, and the, those little, those little yeah, that words. Was, that was for both of us, by the way. That's not until that was for both of us. Well, and that's, and that's, that's still a consistent thing. What's the word you go to and just trying to continue to fine tune it. So after all of that, you know, the beginning, it's a little bit of a struggle and there's some challenges there. Um, but again, the energy that we had just kind of pushed through the middle, I felt was, was, uh, solid too. I mean, I guess if we're using episode one, episode 50 and episode hundred is our timeline. Yeah. And now I kind of, I, I probably don't prepare as much as I should, but I feel like we've got a handle on how we want to do this. And then as we talked about right before this episode, um, there are some improvements coming too. We wanted to engage the fan base a little bit more. And we, yeah. you know, we talked about possibly a book club and, and finding the interaction and maybe having some authors and 
just we're just trying to continue to make this more enjoyable for us and then of course the listeners and so again a hundred is not the stopping point it's not the uh the end all be all but as you mentioned it's a it's a um a celebration of kind of where we've been and now where we're at but hopefully in the next hundred we'll grow and continue to be strong as well I completely agree. And uh, that's probably been the most fun because I believe if we do go back and listen to those first 10, 15 podcasts, it's going to be very interesting because uh, that was the first time I've ever hosted, like legitimately hosted like a talk type situation. And then you being the new guy coming in and really throwing yourself into the public sphere is always a little scary at the times too. But at the same time, remember what I was doing when, after we got done recording? Oh yeah. You were the editor. Here's the sound guy right there. And I mean, that's what I remember the most is, you know, it's, I don't take for granted how our broadcast gets on air or how our podcast gets on air. Cause now on YouTube, you know, we have Kevin Perkins who is hooking us up through the social notion network and editing and dressing this thing up and making us prettier than we are and making us sound better than we are. And that's a lot of hard work. And then I, you know, in wanting to do this podcast, not only was it providing content and saying, saying what we felt, it was also trying to get it out there, you know, yeah. pushing the send button and going, oh God, please, dear God, I hope Apple Podcasts accepts our podcast. And then when it does, you're kind of stoked and it's just another step. Like you said, you just keep moving and moving and moving. But uh, it's, it's been a blast and I'm actually very appreciative that I've been alleviated of those services because it was high stress for me trying to make that thing perfect. But uh, it, it turns out extremely well and we love having everybody on here listening. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And that was the part that you kind of, um, I mean, I, I had to dip my toe in the uh, kind of the, 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 the talking environment, whereas mm-hmm. you had to kind of dip your toe in the editing environment. And we both learned how to like what hosting services were and how many times we started to record <laughs> and then it went haywire, like the recording didn't happen. I mean, True. all these little things that, uh, that I forgot about until you just brought it up, but I think are part of the process, right? I mean, Good judgment comes from experience and experience, or I'm sorry, good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment. And I think that, you know, I don't know if it's bad judgment, but we had a couple of podcasts where we recorded for 40 minutes and it (laughs) didn't work. And then, all right, just disappeared. So those are the, I do not miss those times. We can thank, like you said, the social Noster network. And now the fact that this uh, world, uh, virtual world that we're all living in has made us all a little more tech savvy, but, uh, you know, onward and upward from here, Blummer. And I do appreciate your friendship and the uh, the partnership in the podcast. And I, I hope to have many more. Yeah, because I think we both have a, a strong set of friends, but it's kind of funny when you think about, you know, how often do you actually talk to that strong group of friends that you do have? Uh, I think what's different about guys than girls, you know, and in, in if you're going to separate those as far as connection, guys can, I, we can, you know, if I put John Adams on here once a month, we're going to have a blast. You know, he's been on for our golf podcast. If I put my you know, if we put Aaron Gordon here on here, you know, in two weeks and we haven't talked to him in six months, we'd be like, Hey man, what's going on? You know, all of a sudden we'd be chopping it up again, but you're the one, you, you, you are a very good friend. And we have talked to each other, let alone just once a week on this, there'll be random texts throughout the course of the week. So it's easy for me to say that, you know, you are probably number one on my friend list right now because you're yeah. the only one I keep in contact with. That's and that's really been a, a fringe benefit of knowing yeah. that we are going to record this thing. Cause I don't know how you feel sometimes. It's like, I look forward to talking to you, but there's times where I'm like, God, I've got nothing, man. I just don't know yeah. what to talk about. I, you know, shouldn't talk about this. 
do I want to talk about that? But at the same time, the one thing that keeps bringing me to the table is knowing that your face is going to be on the other side of this computer and we can have that conversation. And I think that's, you know, what, what hopefully brings in some fans and viewers that know that we actually have that true bond and that true relationship where we can have conversations, whether we disagree or agree. Right. And you know, it's like the accountability friendship, like you said, like, I feel like, in some ways, like, all right, the podcast is coming on Wednesday. I don't have a lot of stuff, but I will step up. Maybe Blummer has a couple of topics this week and I'll, lean on, I'll make yeah. sure I'm, yeah, make sure I'm sharp and, you know, all right, at least I'll have mm-hmm. an opinion on those and, and vice versa. But yeah, no, you're right. Men can go. I mean, my high school, my best friend in high school or my college roommate, you know, you talk to him on occasion and you pick up right where you left off. But yep. like you said, there's a little bit different uh, relationship that we've developed in this accountability world because, hey, we're going to have to record an hour's worth of material in uh you know every week so yeah it's been it's been a great experience and like i said already i just want to continue it and uh like i said we'll continue to try and improve it and make it better for the listeners out there yeah we'll try and expand that fan base a little bit but you talked about being sharp and i think one of our sharpest times where we accrued a lot of downloads and a lot of listeners was you know the beginning of this 2020 year i believe it was the end of end of december we had number 50 come out and then all of a sudden the news about, we hinted at the news of the Astros possibly coming out with the sign stealing scandal. And then we had a good run of about 20 shows where we were really crushing some of the downloads and developed a, a very good fan base. Um, but that was very interesting. So if you're listening to this, you're new and you haven't listened to the entire spread of Bleacher Blum's podcast, go back and start around that 50, number 50 podcast. Because not only... It was a sign stealing scandal coming up. We hooked up with Social Nostra in March, so things got a little bit better as far as video was concerned. But we really had some good shows within that where we tried to our best to explain what was actually exactly going on. But are there any any memories of yours? I mean, I know it turns into a blur, but uh, any memories that you have of a podcast that maybe a, one of these fans who are new to us could go back and listen to and maybe enjoy a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think when we initially came up the Waddle Tuttle say, I like that. Um, I, I do think we, I do think because we don't want to stray too far from our niche, if that's the right word. But uh, I think, like you said, when spring training, the hot stove got going with the sign yeah, ceiling scandal, episode 50, there really got people kind of intrigued to hear our thoughts on that. And I think a lot of that has to do with you, with the insight you have into the Astros organization, but also your you know, your, your expertise, um, you know, just in being in major league clubhouses over the years, but, uh, let's see what, what does stand out. I mean, I, I kind of, the stuff that stands out more to me is not, um, I, I like that you suggested they go back to episode 50 cause we got 50 under our belt at that point. That's a really good, that's a really <laughs> we're, good. We're actually point. sailing pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, coming up with the stuff like what'll Tuttle say or Blum's blast or, you know, Blum and Blummer, which that one was, that one cracked me up. Uh, yep. I mean, all those little things that come and go, I started the Tuttle quote of the day. I kept that going for a strong, like three months. And then that just, <laughs> that just died out. That was hard. Yeah. So, you know, maybe I'll go back to that, but I, I think those are the little things. I know we're back to kind of the same question you said about editing and learning and the growth, but those are the things that stand out to me more than um, I guess, than uh, any specific episode. And then, and then lastly, back to the fan part, I really, the, the mailbag, regardless of whether we've been reading it on air or not, the mailbag uh, is nice to know that there are people listening and people that agree with us and disagree with us. Um, The email that stands out to me now is the one about the uh, police officer um, who maybe disagreed with some of the Black Lives Matter issues, but he was very yeah. adamant that, you know, he's going to do his job regardless and he's going to do it well. And 
he's going to protect uh, the people that he serves. And That's I just insane. thought, yeah, those kind of things just stand out. It's like, hey, we can have these free and easy opinions, which we kind of talk about at the end of every episode, like, hey, but we do have the freedom that's provided for, you know, for us by our public services and our uh, military that kind of allows us to do that. And I don't know, those, those things always stand out. Yep. It's been a lot of fun. And we are so far into this on episode 100 that in getting prepared. So that was just a lot of off the cuff, Tull and I having a conversation and trying to encourage everybody to listen and go out there and, you know, be adventurous in your own right. Maybe it's not a podcast, maybe it's uh, writing a paper, you know, maybe it's taking a different class in college or, you know, taking a chance on a new job. So we're just cheering for all of you uh, because you're cheering for us. So it's mutual. But in, in doing that and getting prepared for, for number 100, I was running out of ideas. So I wrote them down on a piece of paper and I proceeded to throw the paper in the trash. So I had to go dumpster diving to find, find the notes to show 100. And for those of it, since we're given a little more insight on the show, something I do every morning that my family makes fun of me for, if you can hear me over the crackling of the paper, I'm a big crossword guy. Oh, nice. Yeah. So if you need the answer key to December 1st, I've got it right here. Okay. There you Just go. Call, call me. But uh, on the back is where I made the notes. So is that the uh, USA Today? Yeah, I, I, dude, yeah. I tried the New York Times. I'll do the New York Times Sunday edition on the plane oh, yeah. if I have more people to like, because I'll oh, get, yeah. I'll hit that wall hard. And I'll just, I, I used to hand it to our uh, trainer, Rex Jones. And I'd be like, Rexy, pick me up. He'd, he'd fill out like three quarters of it and leave like three of the, you know, easiest ones <laughs> for me to be like, you finish it off. I can't go any further. And I'm like, ah. You know, and I'd, I'd nail it. But uh, yeah, New York Times is a little steep for me, but I, I stick to my USA Today. Um, Feline animal that sits in your windowsill. Yes, cat. I got yeah. that one. Yeah. See? <laughs> yeah. Quit making fun of my skill set, man. All hey, right. dude. You're, I just found out. That, I mean, I know you're a NorCal guy, but I'm not familiar with the counties. And then this news today just, mm, Santa Clara County is not allowing contact sports. Like they said, no contact sports. Now to put that, to, to explain why that's such a huge impact, there, there's a major university, Stanford, and there is a national football league team in Santa Clara, for God's sakes, that now cannot play football within the county line because their stadiums are in there. So guess what? The Stanford Cardinal are now moving the entire operation to either Washington or Oregon, I think is where they're going to finish off their season or travel from. I have no idea. The San Francisco 49ers are now moving to Phoenix, Arizona. And I am absolutely mind blown because now the fans that live in Santa Clara County or the surrounding counties that want to watch their local team play are going to be watching them play home games away from Santa Clara in empty stadiums, very similar to what they would have been playing in in Santa Clara County. So I am thoroughly confused. If they travel to Texas or Nashville, Florida, they may actually play in front of fans. But in Santa Clara County, you cannot play a professional football game or a college football game and make contact with another, pl another player in front of nobody in the stands is I help me with the logic here because I've, I've, this one blew me away in so many different ways. If I was the owner of the Niners, I may find an attorney that might be able to sue them for some reason for kicking me out of my stadium. I don't know what's going on, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I had the answers for you being that I'm from Santa Clara County and that's where my mom lives and, you know, but I, I don't. And I, I think 
we know this. We've talked about this on the podcast without getting too political in terms of uh, Texas versus California. But I mean, you know, we're a very liberal state and I don't know who they think they're protecting themselves from. But, uh, you know, I tend to disagree with somebody knowing better than myself. I mean, if the organization is like you said, if the NFL is allowing games and that's the organization that you're a part of, then you're going to have to play the game. Yeah. So doesn't the NFL have some sort of, I don't know, oversight over like these facilities? I guess not. But I I just, again, you know, if you want to go get your haircut and you wear a mask and the barber wears the mask, then what's wrong with getting your haircut? Like this shouldn't shut down, you know, personal freedoms and personal rights to run a business. Uh, You know, I I just, again, I'm, I'm, I'm speechless when it comes to that. And as you said, there are no fans in the stands anyway. So I don't know if it matters to the fans in general, whether they play in Santa Clara or whether they play in Phoenix. But if there's, I mean, well, now like you've you got said, two what's teams in one stadium. I mean, it's just like, it's going to be, right. I don't know, practices. I, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Here, no, no, no. What you said is really funny because think about, I mean, you're having daughters, so this is going to be maybe a little big stretch, but you know, when you're in college and you're becoming an adult and you have a, uh, a partner, let's say, um, <laughs> if your parents don't allow you guys to sleep under their roof, right? Like, hey, you know, I know it's Thanksgiving and your girlfriend's coming over, but, you know, not under my roof, not prior to marriage or whatever it's going on. Then then your, your, your offspring, your kid, your daughter may say, all right, I'm going to go over to my boyfriend's house and we'll see you guys in the morning for turkey and, you know, breakfast. It's like. <laughs> It's what's the what's the difference, right? Like, I mean, I, I just I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a bad analogy, you know, from a parental standpoint, but it's kind of like this is the way the world is. This is what's happening. And, you know, just by closing your eyes, putting blinders on and saying, go do this somewhere else doesn't mean that you're changing. And if they yeah. come back to the Bay Area, like you said, Phoenix is their home base. Maybe they're in the bubble. Maybe they're not. And they go into their house. Then what's the point? Why does it matter if he tackled the guy in Phoenix or tackled the guy in Santa Clara, which I think is your ultimate point? That, that is, and that's what I don't understand, is that it, this, this is a functioning league in 31 other cities, and it, and it doesn't function in Santa Clara because it's so dangerous. Now, I mean, I know that the NFL is handling the COVID thing interesting anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh and the Pittsburgh, Baltimore. That game's on in an hour or two hours. It is on an hour. You know, so, that, I mean, there's those things that are going on. And then, but, you know, why is it different? Who are you protecting by not letting them play contact sports? Because I'm not sure that that reason has been given. You're going to say, well, we're going to lessen the opportunity of COVID. No, you're not, because they're going to move the operation to Phoenix and do the right. same thing they would have done in your, in your county. So I don't understand that part. The other thing, I mean, I wrote down a couple of things. So how about this? If I'm a player, if I'm on the San Francisco 49ers and, you know, I don't know what their contract status is. I don't know what their team payroll is, but let's just say just for the sake of conversation, the payroll for the San Francisco 49ers professional football team is $150 million. Mm -hmm. When you're playing in the state of California, the amount of money you make per game gets taxed. Right. Now this team is going to move to Phoenix and play their home games in Phoenix. They're not going to get taxed in California. That's You can't tax them where they're not working, right? Correct. So the state of California is going to take a little bit in the can by losing, you know, ta- being able to tax $150 million. So is this, So is the county of Santa Clara. So is the city of Santa Clara. You know, that's, what, that's where I'm like, aren't you kind of like burying yourself financially by getting rid of these guys? And who's to say that, you know – 
the, the Niners don't make the playoffs and all of a sudden the vaccine works and we can allow fans back in and now you're going, okay, come back. Come yeah, back. Yeah. It'll be okay. I don't know. Yeah, they, These are just things but, that I think of. No, you're right. But the ownership may want to move it. And I think your point is well taken. I mean, initially you hit my analogy right on the head. Like th- this is going to happen anyway. So whether you go do it at someone else's house or our house, like why, why is that matter? But you go back to the tax purposes and the tax repercussions. I mean, they're, they're burning bridges that may, they may not be able to repair, which I think is your point. And I, and mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't know, I would be concerned as well to, um, I mean, you'd think that's what they would want, right? They would want the revenue to stay the same as long as, you know, they're taking the precautions. Doing it in the safest um, manner. Yeah. Right, right. In the safest manner. Cause they're going to go do it anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And then uh, that just leads into that COVID issue that we're seeing with Pittsburgh and Baltimore. My God, this, the last time they played was on, was, they were supposed to play on Thanksgiving. I believe they were supposed to be the night game that day. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Ingram, a couple of guys got COVID Pittsburgh got shut down and they were supposed to play on Tuesday. I don't know if you heard this, they were supposed to play on Tuesday, but the Ravens said, Oh, well, you haven't practiced. And I didn't realize that they just completely shut down practice and conditioning. (laughs) So this is kind of gnarly. So part of me kind of goes, well, the Ravens are probably right. If I'm going to play the best team in football, I want to get a couple of reps in before we go out there and, and try and beat these guys and ruin the Pittsburgh's perfect season. But then I was also reading later in the article that Pittsburgh had this situation earlier in the year and played after not working out for a week, went through a walkthrough and then went out to beat the hell out of somebody. So you know, Pittsburgh, I think, is in the mode of we, it doesn't matter who's on the field. We're going to go out there and beat them. And then you find out Lamar Jackson's not going to be on the on the field. And you're going, OK, like, bring it on even more. Yeah. But now they're playing on Wednesday and they've pushed their they pushed Pittsburgh Sunday game to Monday, I believe. And they pushed the Ravens Sunday game coming up to Tuesday. I mean, the NFL has been absolutely off the charts bonkers with this whole COVID scheduling and mishaps and fines and well- stuff. But they're finding a way to get it in each week. And I think <laughs> they realize it it's screwing up my fantasy. I mean, I'm in a couple fantasy leagues, but you might have looked at my team this last week. I started two guys that were not playing. And that you never and happens both. to me. I'm I like, picked up somebody that I've never even heard of because I, I had, had two COVIDs and two injuries. Yeah, but you picked them up. I, I put Todd Gurley in my starting lineup. I didn't uh, follow the injury report all week. I didn't know he was hurt. They didn't say it. And they just took him out of the lineup. Same with um. Oh, Chark. They were saying uh, DJ Chark. I played both those guys and I lost by like 10 points. And I'm like, oh, no. I know this this COVID thing shouldn't be about fantasy uh, football. But I, was, I mean, I would have won the game, but I just can't keep up with that's where it's been screwing me up. And I don't know. May, it's my fault because it gives you roster alerts and stuff. But I was doing other stuff and I just I just was frustrated in that regard. So you add all of that in, but they're still finding a way. It must be the business of it. They have to get in. Like Wednesday is the last possible day. Today is the last possible TV day. Money, baby. Because if it moves to the next week, right, it screws up all of, you know, the betting and the weeks and the this and the that. So they're getting the Wednesday's game in, in the week. They're calling it week 12. Um, like you said, and Lamar's not playing, but I have a feeling that the Ravens are going to bring the heat and it's going to be a close game regardless. Yeah, their defense is really good. And if they're fresh and healthy, they're going to be ready yeah. for, you know, whatever Connor and – uh, Juju and who's the new guy? Chase. Uh, uh, Chase? Yeah. Uh, yeah no, uh, no, no, no. Uh, it's double C. Uh, Claypool. Yeah. Claypool. Yeah, Chase Claypool. Yeah. That guy's pretty legit. He's been a fun target to watch Roethlisberger throw to, but that's pretty much all I've got to be honest with you because major league baseball has been really slow. The hot stove, whatever today is, uh, 
the non-tender deadline, I believe, which is, what is today? Wednesday, the December 2nd. So the non-tender deadline is here, which means free agency is going to expand. You're going to see some bigger names going out there in that free agent market expanding. But I think in later podcasts, we'll try and explore a little bit more, you know, some of the finances and some of the ideas on what's going on. We hinted at it you know, maybe about seven or eight podcasts ago when we were talking about, you know, revenue uh, going down, how it's going to affect the free agent market. But uh, there's going to be some big names out there. So I've got to be brutally honest. Uh, you know, I've got a Blum's Blast that, I, that I'm going to sound like Tuttle on. And that's all I've got as far as topics, man, because baseball's slow and football is is trying to find a way in or out of Santa Clara County. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Um, you know, I did kind of have a Waddle Tuttle say, and it's just nice. I, you know, I don't know if it's appropriate for today, but I'm going to say it anyway, and maybe we'll get some listeners this way. But I haven't figured this out because I feel like now the same thing happened with the mortgage crisis when everything went in. So, Waddle Tuttle say today, um, basically we overcorrect, right? So when the mortgage crisis <laughs> hit, everybody could get a loan. It's like not, you know, non-stated income. It doesn't matter how much you make. Here's a loan. So then after that, they were like, oh, no, that, that screwed everything up. We can't do that. So now you got to over-document. Do you have a job? Give us your pay stub every week, the stack of papers. Like, <laughs> But I realized that, and we've talked about this extensively in terms of, um, you know, appreciating people for who they are and, you know, um, being a multi multicultural society. But how come every single commercial we watch, and I watch a lot of like uh, streaming TV, so the same commercials repeat, like a Geico commercial <laughs> or a AT&T commercial. Every couple is multiracial. Every single couple. Like, I mean, why that? I mean, why can't we just make like a Chinese couple? That would be fine. I have a Chinese couple that live down the street from me or, you know, uh, two African-Americans married to each other. Every single commercial now has like, you know, an African-American woman married to a Chinese man and then a white dude married to, you know, uh, like an overweight Hispanic lady. And it's like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Like to me, my eyes go like, it feels like more unnatural. It feels more forced. Like I don't pay attention to the product of the commercial. I look at it and go, what were the casting people thinking? I don't understand it. No, but I think you nailed it. It, t it takes the focus away from what you're actually trying to do because you're trying to appease the masses you're, or what limited mass is out there that says you, you need more, you know, this, you need more of that. You know, I need, you need more divert, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah. I get it and I appreciate it, but the effort yeah. is so overwhelming that you end up going, huh? Yeah. That's, that's an interesting, uh, you know, group there. And then all of a sudden you're like, what was that for? I don't even know what yeah. that was for because I was so like trying to figure yeah. out what was going on. That's you know? my point. I was so I'm so distracted, and I know this is not typically where we go with what will Tuttle say. I just thought it's just so unusual because it doesn't bother me in the least. That's what I'm saying. We talked about it. Like, you know, people should be able to marry whoever they want to marry. I don't care yeah. about any of that. I just feel like try and find a commercial now where they actually just have a couple of the same race. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter whether it be white, African American, or or anything else. There's just no, like every, every couple is multiracial in the commercial. And I just, I think it's funny, actually. I think yeah. I find it humorous. Because um, they make and, it so obvious I, that they're like, okay, look at us. We did it right. You know, leave us alone. We're going to be okay. But yeah. that's where the pendulum for me really, I mean, these days really feels like it swings from here to here, as opposed to just kind of, you know, wavering yeah. back and forth. That was you know? my point. 
That was no. my point with the mortgage. Like we go from this end, like everybody can get a loan. Now nobody can get a loan. You know, it's like, there's Why don't gotta we just be... have this uniform like synchronicity yes. where everybody gets yeah. along and we understand that there's going to be no yeah. diversity sometimes. There's going to be yeah. a lot of diversity sometimes. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and then it seems natural and normal, which that would be to me anyway, natural and normal. And just to kind of make it a little uh, more lighthearted at the end of this, I just was going to say the progressive commercials with the, when, with the ones where you turn into your parents. That one's great. <laughs> great. There's the guy running the seminar, like yeah. saying, you know, there's an old person in the parking lot. No, back out, back out. And the guy grabs and he goes, No, no, you don't know that person. You don't know who like, that is. <laughs> you don't know who that is. <laughs> or he's standing in there going, Yeah, I'm trying to fix the sink. And it pulls him away. Like, no, no, that guy doesn't care what you're yeah, doing. He does in the, your job. House. The, the, the blue haired guy goes walking by and everybody's like, Oh, my. We all see him. We all see we him. We all see him. <laughs> that, that, I don't know why those strike me. But that's kind of what because we're headed me. down that road, <laughs> dude. It is so great, and I do it all the time. Yeah, you know, part of it is I try not to go to Home Depot. I try to go to like Ace Hardware because I feel like, although smaller, if you mm -hmm. talk to a guy in the department, he knows what the hell he's talking about. Instead of some retiree or some young buck that's like just working at Home Depot to work at Home Depot. Oh, but you know, you're trying to find a guy in an orange apron, you can't find him. So you just start talking to the dude standing next to you. You know, mm -hmm. you're in the same area. Like, I'm looking at washers and spigots here. You know, yeah, what yeah, are you I'm looking preparing? at washers and spigots too. What are we doing? <laughs> you know, like, so yeah, <laughs> we're headed down that road. We're getting close to it. But those yep. commercials, you know, are oh, certainly um, making me laugh. But maybe, like you said, because I start seeing myself in the mirror. <laughs> Yep. Unfortunately, right, so we do that. Blummer, you got a blast and you said it was going to be more like uh, my rant. So I'm all ears. Yeah, I, I've been actually chewing on this one for a while. And it kind of mm. got me the other day because, you know, I commute. My commute is about 30 minutes from uh, from Katie into uh, the studio or into Minute Maid Park. So I drive. Sometimes I'm on I-10. Sometimes I'm on West Park Tollway. And there's something that I think. I'm not sure Houstonian, maybe it's just, I don't, I'm not, man, I'm going to get railed on this one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's only because I've driven all over the That's country. That's all right. I've already made a comment about race on, on the yeah, podcast. I know. So yeah. We're just going all in. over you. Yeah. Well, it's been, it's been a good hundred. <laughs> <That works. laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me just drive this thing. We're going to Thelma and Louise off the edge of this thing. <laughs> uh, what a bromance that was. Yeah. So um, the, it's not so much on the 10 because the 10 is a major artery through America. And it's got, I think the, you know, the section that I drive on out here, I think is 16 lanes wide. It's massive, but the left lane is, you know, it's moving. If you're heading West or East, the left lane is the fast lane, right? There could be seven or eight lanes, but that one on the far left is the one where you can just gun it. If you want to get pulled over, if you want to just go night, what go, that is the lane you go in. And if I'm in that lane and I'm trying to speed and you're on my butt, guess what? I'm moving out of the way. The key there is moving out of the way because I am not a fan of the people who drive the speed limit in the left lane. It drives me nuts. It yeah. drives me absolutely nuts. There could be nobody on the freeway and there's one car in that left lane. I'll be the guy coming up behind you. And I will be sitting there on your bumper until you get out of my way. And that, I mean, that's some arrogance. I don't know what it is, or it's just some stubbornness. But there's been more times that I've been on uh, these roads, especially the West Park Tollway, because the West Park Tollway is two lanes going uh, east, two lanes going west. So it's, it's really limited. So it really lends itself to the idea of, you know, slow lane on the right, passing lane, passing lane on the left. 
passing going faster than the car in the right lane. So on the left, you pass and you allow people to pass. Now, if you're driving shoulder to shoulder with another car at 65, uh, you're going to get bright lights. You're going to get a honk. You're, I'm not going to. I'm not going to give birds or hand gestures, but I am going to flash my brights and kind of remind you gently, as as gently as I can, that you need to kind of get out of the way because I feel like pushing the limits of whatever that is and and driving past you faster than what you're driving in. I can't stand it, and it bothers me to no end. And people continue to do it on a daily basis here in Houston, just specifically in between Katy and uh, Minute Maid Park. That's, so that's my thing. It's just, if you're in that left lane, it's a passing lane. If you are not passing somebody, get the heck out of the way and get past. Because I get past too. I move. Drive, drive how you want anywhere else in Houston, folks. But between Katy and Minute Maid <laughs> Park on the 10 or the West Park Tollway, please watch out for Blummer. You know, there's two things I have for that. One is, and my wife and I have talked about this uh, extensively, is I relate it. I relate many things to athletics, but um, one is uh, on-court awareness, like uh, you know that emotional <laughs> intelligence. Yeah. That's really what that. That's really what you're talking about. It's that emotional intelligence piece. Like, hey, yep. you know what? Am I aware of what's going on? Man, because like you usually pass those ass. people, and they're like this, or they're on their phone, and you're like, ah, oh, just don't do it in the left lane. I get it. I get it. And then the other thing is I can be doing this, but if I have the family in the car, my wife's on me, not on them. And I'm like, look, yeah. they just got to move over. She's like, no, get off their tail. They can't see you. You're, you're not giving enough distance between us and the car in front of us. So that turns into an argument. So when I'm driving solo, I'm like you, like bright <laughs> and like get over. But when I got the family in the car, I got to just move over and be like, or pass them and like glare at them. But I yeah. mean, I, I don't know. The other thing is that throws a little wrench in that is the carpool lane in California, because Mm -hmm. We have that specific carpool lane. Then we have the fast lane. And then you have your three or four lanes here to the right. So you might have a six lane or a 12 lane road. Mm -hmm. um, if you're in the carpool lane and you want to drive 70, that's fine. That's not a passing lane. So don't get on I my know. tail in the carpool lane and try and get me to get out of the carpool lane and scooch into the, the, you know, the, the actual fast lane. I'm not doing that. So mm -hmm. there are little like, you know, subtleties to the rules, but I would completely agree with you. And if nothing else, whether you're breaking law or they're idiots or whatever it is, have some emotional intelligence and some on-court <laughs> awareness while you're driving an automobile at 65 or 55 miles an hour, which is there are other cars out here. There are other people that have an agenda besides me. And what are they doing? Oh, they're on my tail. I better scooch over. It's like wearing a mask. You wear the mask for the other person. You don't wear it for yourself. You wear it for the other person. So you move out of that lane for the other person. I like That's it. Right. Court awareness yeah. is the key when you're driving. Oh, okay. Had to get that off my I chest. And finally, no, I, I, I finally did. And uh, I think that's going to oh. do it for Bleacher Blums. My notes are done. <laughs> nice. <All right. laughs> well, you had a lot more notes than I did. So I appreciate it. But my notes are always electronic. So it's like, do I just, you know, yeah, throw, don't the throw the phone. Out? I don't know. Unless you want that new one. Yeah. I don't know if you've already gotten it or not. But yeah. Yeah, I got a new one. one. I got a smaller one finally. Oh, did you do the mini? I did. I was dying to get the mini. Okay. Nothing yeah, came I'm the in same, the box. I'm the same way. The mini little box. Well, that's cute. Phone. Yeah. Hey, All right. Cute. Hey. All right. I think we're done. Congratulations on number 100. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that at, at the end of every podcast, we are given shout outs. Early on, it was to first responders and military, those who go into harm's way and protect us and allow us to say what we want to say, as ludicrous as it might be on this podcast. Uh, so we appreciate all of them. And it's kind of morphed into thanking first responders and military, both home and abroad. 
and now it's expanded itself to essential workers and frontline workers. So we are greatly appreciative during this, this madness of 2020 to be able to head into December, into these holidays and let everybody know that we are grateful for them, allowing us to try our best to survive and adapt. Awesome, Blummer. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, what we always encourage the listeners to do, and maybe if you're a new listener, you haven't heard this before, but we encourage you, especially during this crazy time, to get after it and believe in them.